welcome to Little Yo Pod, the All Things Yosemite podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jackson, and today we are going to finish up our series on early trails and settlement of Yosemite with Yosemite storyteller Brian Shore. So this is our fourth and final segment of the story that I recorded on a recent backpacking trip led through Yosemite's nonprofit group, the Yosemite Conservancy. I co-led this trip with Brian, who, like me, is a guide and naturalist with the Conservancy, but unlike me, Brian is an expert on the early Western history of Yosemite, and by that, I mean the history of early Western settlement of the area. In this series, Brian talks about how and why some of the early trails and roads were built and who built them. Traveling through Yosemite in early years of Western development was rough. Narrow, bumpy, and dusty roads followed trails blocked for thousands of years by the Native Americans, and then followed by miners, the U.S. Cavalry, and early settlers, and eventually evolved into what we know today as the Tioga Pass Road, the highest elevation pass in the Sierra Nevada Mountains and in all of California. And I mean the highest elevation uh, road, not pass. There are certainly higher passes, but it passes at almost 10,000 feet. That's pretty high up there. Now, this is part... Uh, four of a four-part series. So if you have not listened to parts one through three, I recommend you do so to get the full context for this episode. But just to recap, Brian is telling this story chronologically from early human settlement in what we now know today as the Western United States, and specifically the Yosemite region. The trails we walk, some of them, have been walked by people for thousands of years, and I imagine there's quite a lot that happened in that time. We have so many stories about this place from the last 180 years alone, but that's all most of us know because what happened before Westerners arrived was not recorded on the page. It was passed down by oral tradition and is not readily shared beyond the people who are directly linked to it. It's hard for me to wrap my head around that much human history in one place, especially because we, or I, often only really think about America after Europeans arrived, which, again, is a rich history on its own. In this part, Brian continues his story of the old Tioga Pass, portions of which can still be found in some of the old campgrounds and along the current Tioga Pass Road, uh, which was finished in the... I think 1960s. Now, the Tioga Pass Road is a road that many of us have traveled before, perhaps many, many times, uh, if you live here especially. So here it is, part four of Early Trails in Yosemite with storyteller and naturalist guide, Brian Shore. And as during that time, 1916, Park Service is created. They have essential work to do. But still, that road is still a dirt road. Even though cars start going up and down, even trucks start going up and down the Great Sierra Wagon Road. It is a burly ride into this remote part of Tuolumne. Um, Stephen Mather decides he wants uh, to intrigue people into Yosemite. He asks the concessionaire, DJ Desmond, to build High Sierra Camps, these chalets in the backcountry. In 1916, he asked them to do that. The year he's building up Park Service itself. Which to me on that list of things to do to make a government agency, building high camps had had to be down here somewhere. I mean, what are you thinking about? You're making a government agency. What are our rules going to be? How are we going to enforce those rules? Um, Where are those enforcing people going to live? Are they going to drive cars, drive horses, pee inside, pee outside? There's a lot of things to think about when you're making a government agency. But somewhere is this build a three high Sierra camps. And DJ Desmond says, I got this. And he drives all that equipment up to Tuolumne Meadows to build that camp. 
to uh, modify the camp on Tenaya Lake. But he drives those essentials up on what trail? Mono Indian Trail. Just five miles away, he would have been driving by. And he opens those first three high camps that year, 1916. Amazing that all this happened in just one year. Um, the park continues to develop into the 20s. Oh my gosh, World War I winds down. Um, we get all your highway coming in here, paved. Well, had a little problem paving it. The road base they used when they opened was full of all sorts of interesting things like railroad spikes and record needles and <laughs> had flat tire after flat tire during opening day. Uh, but nonetheless, people start traveling into Yosemite all year round. The Big Oak Flat Road uh, enters Yosemite Valley and is paved. Um, access to the valley is pretty good, but not up here. Up here in Yosemite's high country, we still have a stagecoach road. People are wanting to take what's essentially, see how I fit that word in, mm -hmm. essentially considered America's most beautiful drive, Lake Tahoe to Yosemite Valley. They want to see it. It's gorgeous. Isn't it gorgeous? But in those days, the roads aren't paved and you drive your car down. And if it's a summer like this, you're driving through a foot of dust. Oh, the dust is billowing up. You don't see anything. You drive to that new fancy schmancy hotel they call the Awani. And the doorman runs out and's like, oh, no, no, no. You're not coming in here. And comes out with a big feather duster. <laughs> oh, I didn't recognize you. Come on. You know, save my hotel. So dusty. Um, the automobile clubs start putting pressure on park service. In those days, the automobile clubs had a lot of sway. And they pressure park service. Hey, most beautiful drive in America. Let's get this done. But into the 30s, nothing's happening. It's still a dirty, dusty trail. Um, and then the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl. And then people are in desperate state. Um, they're not getting their essentials. People are in bad way, and they look out west to the Golden State. You know, that sounds pretty good. Let's go to the Golden State. Hey, do you know Grandpa used to just pick up gold right off the ground? Gold! That sounds like uh, pretty decent, better than what we got here. And they moved to California, and, and we're really fortunate for that to have happened because here in the park, things started moving. Um especially with the BPR, the Bureau of Public Roads. Uh, the CCC started progress here in the park. Uh, 1933 tunnel, the Wawona Tunnel, the tunnel view that opened up 1933. Badger Pass ski areas built. Trails that have been neglected for, well, since John Conway built them way back in the 1870s. Get a facelift. Um, and... The Tioga Road gets finally paved. It's 1938 when that finally gets done. 1938, uh, they don't even really have to change it around too much that year. Mr. Um, Mr. Medlicott's done such a great job, they can actually pretty much just lay pavement on top of that. And instead of coming from Mono Pass, now the road comes up Tioga Pass. And from Dana Meadows down into Tuolumne Meadows. And from Tuolumne almost to Tenaya Lake, just past, or it goes to Tenaya Lake, but just past Tenaya Lake, it turns up right towards Mount Hoffman, 
makes a run right by Mount Hoffman and down into Porcupine Creek area. And then from there it goes down past Porcupine Flat. And then it comes just about five miles from right here to a little campground called Yosemite Creek Campground. And from there it crosses back to uh, an old stage stop called White Wolf. And from White Wolf it drops down into Aspen Valley and out towards the west into Big Oak Flat area. It initially didn't go past Olmstead. It did not go past Olmstead, and it didn't go down to Crane Flat. At this time, you have to drive out the Big Oak Flat and then come back into the park again. Um, but it's a modern highway, kind of, 1938 style. If you were driving uh, and coming around the turn by uh, Mount Hoffman, first of all, it's a one-lane road, and that changed sometimes depending on which trees fell down during the season. But you could let it run on the straightaways and uh, reach a cruising speed of a good 12 to 15 miles an hour. But on the turns, you'd slow down 6 to 9 miles an hour. Modern highway. Moving good. <laughs> um, so 1938. And when they build that road around uh, Tenaya Lake, they actually shut down one of those original High Sierra camps. And they built the greatest High Sierra camp ever created in 1938 at May Lake. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> but that road, it continues to be by May Lake for years. World War II goes by. Um, the 50s, we start getting a million people coming to Yosemite every year. But if they come up into the high country, they're driving on some of these narrow roads. Um, they start to... Uh, they start to develop them more, and Mr. Olmsted, he gets involved. He's on the uh, uh, Advisory Committee of Roads in Yosemite. Not the original Mr. Olmsted. Um, the original Mr. Olmsted, does anybody recognize that name? That's the point. The Park Builder, yeah. And that's the point. Um, Frederick Law Olmsted um, in, in, the, in New York in the early 1860s. His plan for a park in New York won a contest and he started designing it Central Park in 1864 he got a little distracted politics and a little bit of stress and he decided to take a job out here in Mariposa for John C. Fremont and in 1864 of course this was made a state park and he ended up um, kind of as a self-appointed chairman of the Board of Commissioners here in Yosemite making decisions even wrote a treatise on how the park um, his vision of how the park should progress, and it was quite far-sighted, quite far-sighted. But that treaty ended up getting quashed, and they didn't even really rediscover it till the 1950s. 1950s, when all this is happening, and a million people, like I said, coming every year. They upgrade the roads, but it's never completed until the 1960s. It's uh, 1961. And they closed down that last little section of the original road. And they finish a part that goes out to an area that we now call Olmstead Point in 1961. And uh, they finish that highway. And now, of course, the highway, Tioga Road, goes from uh, Tioga Pass, down from Dana Meadows and into Tuolumne Meadows, down to Tenai Lake and out to Olmstead Point and around. Uh, past Porcupine Creek and Porcupine Flat. and no longer goes just five miles from here down to uh, Yosemite Creek Campground instead. 
Um, and instead of going over to White Wolf and down to Aspen Valley, instead it drops down to Crane Flat and into Yosemite Valley that way. So the evolution of that trail. But the story doesn't end right there because the story is going to continue on tomorrow, right? Because tomorrow you guys are going to wake up at 4.30 <laughs> and you're going to uh, pack up your essentials. And that better be everything. <laughs> and you're going to put them on your back, whatever those essentials may be. And uh, we're going to start hiking up this trail and in five miles, you're going to put your feet down onto the old Mono Indian Trail. 8,000 years of history. Uh, you'll be walking along with your essentials. Um, and uh, we'll take a walk from there through history. But tomorrow we'll, we'll do history again and walk in those steps. And maybe you'll look down and you'll see a little piece of obsidian. Maybe you'll pick it up. Somebody held thousands of years ago. Thank you for listening to this series on early settlement and trails of Yosemite. I will be back in two weeks where we will continue bringing you information and stories from Yosemite National Park. Before I close this series, there is something I would like to highlight from Ryan's talk, and that is that we are the continuing story of Yosemite. Yes, we today. It's hard to think of yourself in a historical context, but just take a moment to imagine 200 years into the future, 200 years from now. 2221, your future generations may still be coming to Yosemite to learn about it and connect to it just like you have done or are going to do. It was the vision of the early founders of Yosemite as a national park that have kept this most special and sacred place protected and preserved for us to enjoy. And it is the work we are doing today to maintain that level of protection and dedication that will ensure the same rewards of Yosemite will be there for many generations of people to come. The world is going to change a lot in the next 200 years, hopefully for the better. But what Yosemite offers is a link to our past and a peek at what an untouched landscape may look like. The whole idea behind Yosemite and eventually all national parks was to appreciate something created by nature and unchanged by mankind. The result of that vision is that we have saved places that not only inspire and excite us, but that offer safe habitat for plant and animal species that may otherwise have lost their habitat had it not been for the protection of national parkland. So looking ahead 200 years into the future, let's all ask ourselves what do we need to do to make sure these places will continue to be here for plants, animals, and people. National parks may one day be the last refuge that saves a species from total extinction. We make history every day that we are alive on this planet. And as the Indian proverb states, we do not inherit the earth from our ancestors, we borrow it from our children. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Little Yo Pod. If you like this stuff, please subscribe to or follow the podcast on your podcast platform. If you have a few minutes and you can leave a review, that also helps others find the podcast and gives me a massive mood boost every time I read them. I think I've said it before, but I have the best listeners. You have all been so kind to me, and I appreciate everyone who has left me a review or a message. Your words of encouragement are really what keep me motivated to keep making this podcast. So thank you all so much. 
If you want to contact me about anything, please send an email to lilyopod at gmail.com or contact me on Instagram or Facebook. I am at lilyopod, and I will leave links for those in the show notes for today's episode. If you want to learn more about Yosemite in person, please consider signing up for one of our naturalist walks led throughout the week or future outdoor adventure programs with the Yosemite Conservancy by visiting yosemite.org, and I will leave a link for that in the show notes as well. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. I'm Laura Jackson. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you in Yosemite.